Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The problem most men have is they don't know how to talk to women. This is Dirt and Spray. You know what my problem is? I am not interesting. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Spray. What am I supposed to say? I went to Magic Camp? I'm an accomplished ventriloquist? Dirt and Spray on 1080. Oh, I am a 7th degree Imperial Yo-Yo Master. <gasps> oh, do me, Yo-Yo Master. I want you to do me because you're the Yo-Yo God. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you, hour number two. Josh Peterson at the, uh, the bottom of the hour. Get his thoughts on the Matt Rule hiring. The Hugh Freeze press conference is going on during the ticker. So hopefully we can make a stop there tomorrow because I'm with you, Dirt. I, well, I don't know about the slam dunk part. I, I am kind of curious what Hugh Freeze is going to be at Auburn coaching-wise. I I know he knows offense. That was abundantly clear at Liberty, but I, I just um, – He's been a good – I mean, look at his career record. Yeah, no, he he, he he wins a lot of football games. He's going into the toughest conference. That he is. you got Alabama, LSU seems to be back now with Brian Kelly. You've got Georgia still there. You know, I know there's a couple TBDs, but maybe Florida is one of those, and so we see if, if they'll take a step. It's just not going to be easy is my point. No. Um, and yeah. I don't think Auburn's hiring him to just be middle of the road. you got to win. Interesting note in his contract, he is he has to relinquish all access to his social media to Auburn. <laughs> Real trustworthy that you can't let your coach control his own social media. Is he allowed a cell phone? Did they give him a cell phone? I don't know if they will. Okay. Probably smart not to. <laughs> the monitor every week. <laughs> He's giving, does he have to wear an ankle monitor everywhere he goes? Just keep it in your pants, Hugh. Do they set parental controls the way you would a kid so they can't watch <laughs> porn? Like, would you do that with Hugh Freeze? <laughs> <laughs> certain websites he can't access on his desktop computer. Onlyfans.com. <laughs> Blocked. That's probably why they want his access to his Twitter account, because there's a lot of porn on Twitter, man. Yeah, there is, there is a lot of porn out there. And they're saying, hey, Hugh, stay away from that Twitter stuff. is a slippery slope, man. <laughs> One thing you know, you're looking up sports stats. The next thing you know, you got a pair of boobs on there. Hey, what's happening? Extreme politics on one <laughs> side, and I got free porn on the other. What a website. It's a great place. Um... So we'll get to Josh Peterson at 7.30. I, I'll get to the Oregon, Oregon State stuff. Interesting news coming out of Corvallis and Eugene. Big news for Oregon State and interesting yeah. news for Oregon and a question I have for you about your duckies. Okay. Um, but I want to start the second hour with this. I, I, I was going to get to this at 6.15, and then, of course, we get I derailed the show because I'm an idiot. I, I find this, um, this is interesting. So USA plays Iran today in the World Cup. Yes, they do. Win and you advance. Draw or lose and you're out. You got to win. I'm going to bet heavy on USA. Oh, yeah. What are the odds today? Uh, I don't know. Anything against the terrorist I think state, USA I is even money to ole, win. Ole, okay ole, ole, ole. Uh, USA is a plus 100 on yep, the money Even line. money. Okay. Yep. So it's it's basically. Iran is a plus 300. A draw is plus 240. Oh. I don't want the draw to happen. Please. Can they tie happen. all three? That would be brutal to tie all three games and you just see you later. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Going home. Yeah. 
Iran advance is Iran, Iran better at soccer advance. than us? How did that happen? That's an embarrassment. That's really embarrassing. They knocked they knocked the US out in was it oh eight? Did they really? I, yeah. I, you could say any number there, and I'd yeah, go, I'd really? And I don't know if you're telling the so truth. So we've never lost to England, but Iran is the team that we cannot get through. That's our big problem, man. That's our bugaboo. Thanks a lot, Obama. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know how to gauge this. Like, There's going to be a sporting event today at 11 a.m. The, the, the World Cup ratings, by the way. Large. They're huge. I mean, they've... They've beaten all but one World Series game, I think, in the... Uh, I would hope you would. The game. Well, I know, but some of these games are starting at, you know, obscure times. Well, I, the, the, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head for the first game. I know the England game had 20 million. It had 16 million American viewers yeah. and 4 million Telemundo viewers. Yes. So you, 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 you know, put them together. 20 million people in the United States watching. I saw a lot of people pointing that out, like the baseball shot, and I just chuckled. Of like, it's a, it's a thing once every four years. It's a country. It's not like Cincinnati versus St. Louis. This is the United States of America playing England, and the game was on Black Friday, a day that we know nobody really works Black Friday. Oh, we know it well. I, I would hope you had a huge – like that would be a major disappointment if you didn't get more than 20 million people. The, the sports TV number that stood out more to me was the Cowboys and Giants got 42 million people on Thanksgiving. I don't want to be mad about that. That's a I, regular season game, and that was the worst of the three games on Thanksgiving Day. I will be mad if we keep talking about that. Can we not talk about <laughs> 42, that? And there was a Jonas Brothers concert at 40, halftime. 42 million hey, people. Why don't you like the Jonas – what do you got against the Jonas Brothers? I'm not. A fan. <laughs> Is there anybody new age that you like? Are you randomly a Selena Gomez fan? How could you not be? I mean, come on. Hey. I probably couldn't name a Selena Gomez song. Yeah, if I played one, you'd go, oh, I think I've heard that before. I probably have heard the song. I wouldn't know that it's her. Mm, you just hate new age music. I don't know. Maybe. Can you name an artist that you like? In the last 10 years. That's new. New. I like came Brothers, onto the scene in the last 10 years. Yeah, Jonas Brothers is old, by the way. They're yeah. old, yeah. That's not their first Thanksgiving halftime for the Cowboys, either. We all wanted Creed. Why isn't why doesn't Creed do that every year? <laughs> Can you take me <laughs> There's a guy on, like, bed sheets that's flying through a bald dude. It's, like, half naked flying over the football field. Like, give me that. How do we not have that every year? I don't know. Better than the Lions did. The Lions put their halftime performance in the corner of their stadium and no fans could see her perform. <laughs> Everybody started booing. Yeah, because they couldn't see her on TV. No. It looked like a regular concert. Ooh. But the stage was put in the corner. No, I, I, I bring up this match today because obviously it's got huge ramifications for USA and will they ex- expand and, 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 and uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, advance. advance. Advance, not expand. Advance to the next round. Huge, huge moment for USA soccer here. I think a lot hinges on USA soccer advancing. Mm-hmm. And so I will be watching. But there's a report out of Iran that they're – their government is threatening the safety of their families if they do anything, anything. Oh, it's just getting heated. Out of the ordinary. They, they're quite literally saying if you protest or do anything, harm is going to be coming to your family. <laughs> I And this is, this is what I was talking about before this whole thing started, man. This is the odd part of this. We're hosting this thing in a terrorist state, and we've got a terrorist state that we're going <laughs> against whose people are oppressed and are currently protesting their government their government's like stop or we're gonna murder your family yeah so it's like there's a part of me it's like i you know going back to a couple years it's like oh athletes want to voice their opinions and their stances Uh, whatever that's fine i'm cool with that i kind of want these guys to do it but then like now i don't because i don't want their fam i don't want their mom to get beheaded It's super messed up, man. I, I think there was uh, somebody in the Iranian delegation that demanded an apology from an Ameri- for the American coach for saying something. I was watching a clip this morning. There was a press conference before the game. I, I got that cut. And it, or the journalist asking it's, the player the question. Yeah, take a listen. This is Tyler Adams of Team USA. He's in this press conference with the He's coach. a team captain. He's 23 years he's old. He's 23. He's young. The old team's young, but he's young. And listen to this reporter. If you want to talk about propaganda, listen to this reporter try to go at him. And then also listen to Tyler Adams' response because it's incredibly mature. You say you support the Iranian people, but you're pronouncing our country's name wrong. Our country is named Iran, not Iran. Please, once and for all, let's get this clear. Second of all, um, are you okay to be representing a country that has so much discrimination against black people in its own borders? 
And uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter movement uh, over the past few years. My apologies on uh, the mispronunciation of your country. Um, yeah, that being said, you know, there's discrimination uh, everywhere you go. Um, you know, one thing that I've learned, especially from living abroad in the past years and uh, having to fit in in different cultures, is that in the U.S. we're, we're continuing to make progress uh, every single day. I grew up in a, in a white family with an obviously an African-American heritage and background as well. So um, I had a little bit of uh, different cultures and I, I was very, very easily able to assimilate in different different cultures. So, um, you know, not everyone has that, that ease and uh, the ability to do that and obviously it takes longer to understand and through education I think it's it's super important like you just educated me now on the pronunciation of, of your country so um, yeah it, it's, a, it's a process I think as, as long as you see progress uh, that's the most important thing I mean that it's a 23 year old who's kind of getting attacked by some snobby douchebag journalist who's obviously deflecting from how awful his country is by trying to point out how awful America is and that's the response you get from a 23-year-old. I thought that was an amazing response. Their coach, Greg Berhalter, was also asked by an Iranian journalist. If he had talked to the U.S. military or the, the I don't know, the powers that They want to destroy your ship about, out of the, yeah. About removing a naval ship. There's a naval ship that is close to Iranian territory, and they want it out of there. And they want the World Cup coach to, uh, the USA coach, to call up Biden and say, hey, can we move that ship, please? I just, uh, it, the soccer part is fun, and USA, USA. I just, th these, this World Cup blows, and this is why. <laughs> it, we have to deal with this crap. we got to be in that garbage country with, built entirely on the backs of slaves in the years 2017, 18, 16, etc., and now we're dealing with, you know, terrorist states asking questions to athletes who are supposed to what? Answer how. It's just, it, I don't know, the whole thing just feels odd. I know USA, I'll be rooting for them. I hope they win. Uh, but if if Iran players protest in any way, their families might be murdered today. So. Yeah, somebody points out that uh, the Iran asked for the USA, they asked FIFA to kick USA out of the World Cup. So there was a thing with flags. <laughs> yeah. I had seen that USA. They removed a yeah, part so of the Yeah, so the Iranian social flag. media account for the U.S. Soccer Federation. Removed the middle the, logo. The, yeah. yeah, the crest or yeah. whatever from the flag. I mean, it's you cannot keep geopolitical conflicts out of the Olympics or the World Cup. You just can't do it. But it, this feels a little more than what we've experienced. It does. It? But we've had it in the Olympics of past where it's like, do you send a delegation? Who goes? What, you know, uh, sanctioned officials will show up from, re you know, representing different countries. I know that's been a challenge for the United States in this one as well, too. You just you can't get rid of it. It's always going to be a part of this, especially when you have turmoil and conflicts going on inside some of the countries and players that are aware of those issues and want to speak out about them, about what's going on in Iran right now. So. Uh, there, there is a l extra layer on top of the game today, and I just I hope for the U.S.'s sake they don't tie or lose because that would be a really bad showing in the World Cup. Yeah, I hope USA wins, and I hope the Iranian players don't do anything to get their families. Hurt yeah, or killed, I hope so. I hope nothing happens to them. It's horrible. Yeah, uh, it's just awkward and weird, and yeah, we'll see what happens. Eleven a.m. though is the start of that match. I mean, it's a Tuesday. I'm off work at nine a.m. I got nothing going on today outside of maybe going to the grocery store and going for a run. What and, a day. Uh, what a day you have. I'm, I'm probably going to end up watching this game because I'll sit down on my couch at like noon and be like, hey, there's nothing on TV. Oh, that's right. USA. You're going to miss the first hour of the soccer match. Huh? I mean, I've got some stuff to do today. I've got some errands to run. You're off at 9 o'clock. It's not that. appointment television. Like, I don't have to like be home at 11. Although I did that for their first game and I missed their, I've missed their only goal of the World Cup. I was going to say you might miss their only goal. <laughs> I know. That's the only, that's hockey and, and, and soccer are that way. Yep. You got to be vigilant about when you turn it on because you might miss all the action. A uh, couple things out of Corvallis and Eugene to get to. We'll do it next on. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Josh Peterson will join us in Nebraska. They hired Matt Rule. We got the mail sack to get to at 815. Uh, I, I love the, the football fan this weekend. They caught in the crowd. Everybody on social media was like, yo, he's smoking weed in the crowd. <laughs> what, ga- what game? Uh, give me a second. I just saw it. Was it an NFL game or college no, game? No, it was a college game, and they, they highlighted him. He had a lighter, and he was like kind of <laughs> hiding his hands. And you saw the lighter, and like, he's, he's lighting up. <laughs> What's he lighting in the crowd? Uh, he caught wind of this, and he had to correct the record. He was warming up a rib. <laughs> To eat a rib, he was warming it up with a lighter. How long does it take to warm up a rib with a lighter? I kind of want to do a science experiment now. I think I have some leftover ribs from Thanksgiving. I think you just want to eat ribs. I mean, I mean, who doesn't want to eat ribs? I saw your mother-in-law oh, during Thanksgiving break. That uh-huh. was delightful. And I talked to her, and uh, I said, oh, how was Thanksgiving? Oh, she said, it was just the best. And I said, oh, yeah. And he gets excited to go to your family's house, and she goes, I know, you should see him eat those burnt ends. (laughs) I love those burnt ends. Burnt ends and ribs, baby. Um, Let's start in Corvallis. Oregon State, they announced yesterday they got uh, Trent Bray to sign an extension. So somebody had asked me, is Bray getting sniffed? Maybe it was you yesterday. I can't remember. I did not ask that question, especially in the sniffing fashion. Well, there's anybody (laughs) sniffing at Trent Bray. Smells uh, good. No, not for head coaching yet. He signed an extension, so he is going to continue to be in Corvallis as their defensive coordinator. It's a big day for the Beefs. It's a really big day. It's a big day whenever you keep you, you know continuity on the staff. You talked about that a lot yesterday, and I think it's a really good point with Oregon State, having the same coordinators. I know Bray had taken over last year, um, but he clearly did an incredible job at the end of last season and then throughout the course of this year. They were the best defense in the conference essentially all year. He's been at Oregon State since 2018, so I, I love this move for them. Eventually, does he leave for a head coaching job or a bigger opportunity? Maybe. But I love when guys realize that you don't just have to jump. There might have been an offer out there for him. But a lot of these guys, the first time they get that opportunity, they jump to the next gig, not realizing that sometimes it's a bad decision and it can set your career back. You know, I, I think there's an argument to be made. I, I'm rooting for Dillingham. He seems like a good dude. I'm not. He's in the conference. Well, true. At ASU, <laughs> whatever. I, but it's just I look at that situation. I get it. It's going home, so there's a different pole there. But that's an uphill battle to win at ASU. It has been for the better part of my entire life since the early 90s. That has been a tough place for any head coach to win. They might have NCAA sanctions coming. You're, you're recruiting against USC and Oregon. Arizona already has a leg up on you as in heading in the right direction. Like, is that is that the job you want? I think there, there's an argument to be made sometimes that if you stick around as a coordinator, you continue to build your resume and show that you could do it over multiple recruiting classes, that five years from now, maybe there is a big-time program that comes calling and says, hey, this dude's done an unbelievable job at Oregon State. Let's give him an opportunity. And so I, this was great news for Oregon State fans. He did an unreal job with their defense this year, and you lock him up to an extension. Well, like, uh, you know, Brent Brennan once upon a time was a receivers coach for Oregon State, and he bolted for San Jose State. And, like, you see that and you go, okay, that's a wide receivers coach being offered a job. Of course he's going to take it. And he's done a good job at San Jose State. He has. But a coordinator is an interesting one because if you, if you go about your business doing it the right way, you kind of just have to ask yourself, like, what kind of job can I get out of it, right? Kenny Dillingham going to ASU, it's the homecoming thing, and he's blubbering and he's crying at the press conference. I don't know if he'll be good. He's 32 years old, for God's sakes. 
But Trent Bray might look at this and go, can I go get a small-time job? Can I go to UNLV, where they fired Marcus Arroyo yesterday? Bray might think, I could get that job. My yeah. defense and what we did, I have a resume to be built. I coached at Nebraska. But he's like, man, or I could stay here, and our defense continued to be good, and Jonathan knows what he's doing on offense. And exactly. We get a quarterback, and maybe one year this really pops for us, and then I won't have UNLV. I'll You'll have, have a Fresno State or a Boise State or a bigger program. Or, or even, even a bigger. Power, yeah, power Five kind of school. So I, I think he's slow playing it. Plus, he's, I mean, he's a Corvallis dude. He's an Oregon State guy. His yeah. dad coached there. He played there. Like, he gets it. Do we have the numbers on the contract, by the way? I didn't see those yesterday. For Bray? Yeah. Uh, I didn't see the – I I text somebody. I didn't see any okay. details I'm on I'm curious how much he's making and what the extension was. Yeah, I wonder if they got close to a million for him. I would – To retain guys on so. staff at Oregon State, you're going to have to p- pony up a little bit, and so you know, we'll see. And it doesn't look like Brian Lingren's going anywhere. So no? your two coordinators appear to be coming back. In Eugene, it's interesting because uh, – Primetime put a poll question up yesterday. Okay. And one of the options, I I don't know how to feel about this. I used to think I knew the answer. I did not see their poll question. So Duck fan in my life is kind of like you. You know, they have some expectations. They don't go crazy if the team's 10-2 and two or 9-3 and three and yeah. come short of a Pac-12 championship or even a playoff spot. But that Duck fan does exist. The fan expectations in Eugene are interesting. And they lost a receiver yesterday. Thornton announced that he was mm-hmm. transferring. You got Seven McGee in the background laughing and pointing the finger at the Oregon program after he's left now. You've lost your OC. Uh, status check, where are we at? 48 hours later, how are we feeling? <laughs> uh, I'm, I mean, I, I think this is what this offseason in college football is going to be nuts. The transfer portal is going to be absolute bananas. It appears that that is a fact. And it's just, it's one of those things where I think as a fan, especially of a, of a bigger program, um, you're just going to have to get used to this, and you can't get too wrapped up into any player or, or hell, even any coach, right? I mean, Oregon has had how many coaches just bounce immediately. Uh, you've had an offense coordinator, Royal leave after two years to become a head coach. That was a good thing. Andy Avalos was there for one or two years before leaving for to become a head coach at Boise State. That's another now, going home. Now another going home. Now you have Kenny Dillingham after one year, and the transfer portal is going to be the same exact way. Like This is the era of college football we live in. And so to Dante Thornton, I don't really know why he's transferring. I thought he came on really strong at the end of the year. I thought they utilized him uh, in a good way. I thought he developed as a sophomore. I know he's dealt with some personal issues behind the scenes, so maybe that's it. He's a Baltimore Maryland kid and he wants to go closer to home but you're gonna have I mean this is gonna happen every big time program you're gonna have 10 to 15 guys every offseason say I'm not happy for whatever reason I didn't have enough touches I didn't have enough carries I didn't get enough snaps and I want to go play somewhere else the reality for the majority of them is is it doesn't change like use Micah Pittman as an example how many catches did Micah Pittman have this year they were more than what he had at Oregon that's because he played in a Mario Cristobal offense but one like the dude lit the world on fire at Florida State right he was a number three wide receiver because he's a number three wide receiver and so a lot of these guys have this expectation well, I'm going to go somewhere else and things are going to pop for me and it's just not the reality Dante Thornton's a good wide receiver and if he can, can you continue to develop he's got an NFL body uh, but I'm, I'm not losing any sleep over this they got a really tight uh, highly dotted wide receiver coming in yeah that seems to be locked in to despite the fact that Dillingham left and jury on Dickey. Troy Franklin established himself as one of the best wide receivers in the country I this year. I thought Hudson had a good year. Chris Hudson had a pretty good year outside of not catching kickoffs in the Civil War. That would have been really cool. <laughs> uh, so I, they're, they're fine at that position. Best of luck. But don't get – my message to any fan is don't get too wrapped up in any coach or any player because this is the era of college football we live in. Well, but you class – how did you classify this season? I, I, I classify it as a disappointment because – of the teams you lost to. It's not the record, it's the teams you lost I thought you were going 9-3 and three at the start of the year. It's a first-year head coach. I didn't know what the hell to expect out of Bo Nix. I didn't expect much, to be honest with you. If you would have lost to Utah and UCLA and ended the season 9-3, and three, but you beat Washington and Oregon State, I'd say that's a good first year for Dan Lanning. It's the fact that you lost your two rivals. That's why it's a disappointing year. I was going to say, like, the rival part, I, I can't, you can't refute that, but it is, if you're just looking at win-loss record, you lost to a 10-2 and two team and a 9-3 and three team. It wasn't like you lost to some slappies. Nope, and you also had to play the hardest non conference game of anybody in all of college football because Georgia's going to win the national championship and you had to go play them in their backyard. And if you would have yeah. played if you would have played Oregon State's non-conference schedule, Washington's non-conference schedule, uh USC's non-conference schedule, UCLA's non-conference schedule, if you especially UCLA. Any of their non-conference schedules, you would have gone 3 and 0 and you would have finished the season 10 and 2. And maybe you feel a little bit different with that 10 being next to you and having another 10-win season. They got a shot at it in a bowl game, but there there is nuance to it. The the rivalry losses though are inexcusable. And that's the way it should be. Like how do you think Ohio State feels right now? <laughs> 
Eleven and zero, you lose to Michigan. It's all down. It's all out the window. Like that's a disappointing season. Yeah, we can get to that a little bit later on too, because the playoff rankings come out. The regular season rankings are done now, and um, I said I was going to do the dirty poll the day of. We'll do it tomorrow. But I- I'm curious to see who's five, who's six, because there's a possibility TCU and USC lose. Yeah. There's a poss- I mean, I don't think anything's out of the ordinary here this season. I think it's a wild year. LSU just lost to Texas A&M, who's not going to a bowl game. And we fired, didn't talk about that yesterday. And fired their OC. <laughs> fired their OC. Imagine if Michigan, TCU, and USC lose. You tell me who those other three teams are. I mean, Alabama's 100% in. Alabama's waiting right there on the doorstep. Will they be five? If they win, the, I think they will be five this week. Jeez. Uh, or no, probably. I mean, I'm sure they'll probably still have Ohio State ahead of them. But I think that's a Alabama's better than Ohio. You're State. splitting hairs. I yeah. would take Alabama to win that game. Yeah. And if if Alabama finds a way in and wins the national title this year, they are officially Michael Myers of college football. <laughs> like they cannot be killed. And anything that ever happens to them in the future, I will never never celebrate their death. And eventually, you'll be Jamie Lee Curtis. You'll be super old, <laughs> and you'll be right. like, "Well, there's another movie coming out next year, and Alabama's going to be right back in the middle of it." See, Saban get hit in the face with some shoulder pads. I did. So did Sean McVay. Yeah, McVeigh almost got knocked out. It looked like he got knocked uh, out, but Saban had a nice little uh, uh, mark on his face. He's interviewing at halftime, just like you know, we need to play more physical. I'm like, look at you. What the hell happened to you, man? Eighty-year-old Nick Saban getting hit in the face with shoulder pads. Uh, we'll get to the college football playoff rankings. They're going to come out. We got the mail sack to get to, but coming up next, we uh, we head to Nebraska. They made their coaching hire. It's Matt Rule. He's going to get paid a lot of money. Can he turn this program around? Can Nebraska turn it around? We'll talk to Josh Peterson for the Daily Ticker. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Tuesday. Brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born of the Beach Online at PelicanBrewing.com. Let's go to Omaha. One of the big coaching hires from the weekend came at Nebraska. Much debated. Is it still a good job? Is Kansas a better job than Nebraska? My co-host dared float that notion out there. It looked like a good take a couple (laughs) weeks ago, and now, well... I don't know. Well, they got a new head coach. Let's bring on our good buddy, Josh Peterson, at Josh Tweederson on Twitter, 1620 The Zone over in Omaha. Josh, good morning to you, man. I, I'm happy for you that Nebraska's made a hire. I'm sad for myself because I lose the entertainment value on Twitter of watching people yell at you and get angry with you every time one of these is floated out there. Uh, Matt Rule hired. I think it's a home run. How are Nebraska fans feeling? Good morning, boys. And also, I would add, uh, don't worry, people will still yell at me. So that that's not going to stop anytime soon. I, I think that I think people are pretty excited about this hire. Uh, I, I definitely have noticed that there is some residual like hurt feelings over buying in on previous coaching hires. You know, yeah. Scott Frost, the golden boy, he returns home. Everyone bought into that immediately. I mean, even people talked themselves into Mike Riley, Bill Callahan before that, Bo Pelini was supposed to be another home run hire. So I, I think that Husker fans are hearing some of the national folks say, hey, you got another home run hire, and they're saying, hey, you, you told me that last time. You know, so they, they don't, I don't think they want to get their, their feelings hurt a, a little too much, a little too early, but I think generally people are receiving this move 
uh, from Trev Alberts and Matt Rule pretty well. Uh, Josh, I, I know this year was really tough. I mean, the one of the teams they lost to didn't even win a game in North America. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, well, that's not easy, buddy. You know, it's not easy to go. No. Hey, Northwestern doesn't need to catch a stray out of this. Yeah, all right. Do. And Mike Greenberg had a dumb <laughs> Ohio State tweet this weekend, so he deserves it. Um, but I, I ask you this because we talked about this job, and 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 Dirt feels differently than I. Dirt seems to think Nebraska fan is level-headed and the expectations have been changed and now they'll be happy with eight and four. And I guess I ask you this, Matt rule comes in. He had great success, albeit very short lived at Baylor. What are realistic expectations for Nebraska fan? Has Nebraska fan said, you know what? By golly, I'll be happy with nine and three. If we can get there. I, I think that in the short term that he is correct. I think that Husker fans would, really be happy just to get back to a bowl game for the first time since 2016 they'd be happy to have a eight or a nine win season for the first time since 2016 but I also know that you know underneath all of that like sadness and hey I just want to watch a team that wins some football games again is that beast that is waiting to be unleashed so I think it's really easy for all of us at this moment in time and, and I would put myself into this boat too to say hey if they, if they can win nine games again, if Matt Rule could make them a double-digit win team in year three or four like he's done at Temple and Baylor, I think that that would be good. But I also know that when you, you start reaching your, your first goal, that you end up having bigger goals. And so it's, it's easy, I think, for a lot of us in this moment, as they have struggled so much on the football field, to say that. I, I, I do think that people around here, honestly, I think they just want a team that doesn't embarrass them on a, on a weekly basis. <laughs> but I also know that the old guard is going to start demanding more if, if they start reaching those goals, especially if, if Rule's able to do what he did at Temple and Baylor, and that was double-digit win season by year three, I, I know the conversation would ramp up pretty quickly. Josh, yeah. I, you just blew my mind. Like, I knew you guys were down and out, but... Oh, like, it's bad, buddy. To hear no bowl game <laughs> since 2016 sounds egregious right now. Oregon State hasn't it, even done that. It's it's crazy. When you look at the list of Power 5 programs that have not been to a bowl game in that stretch, the list is one. It is, it is Nebraska. Kansas was like the one holdover, wow. and they, of course, made a bowl game earlier. You know, they, they're going to a bowl game... This season, it's it's been a rough stretch, and I, I think that this season might have humbled people around here a little bit more. You know, I, I feel like I've been yelling into the void the last couple of seasons, trying to say, "Hey, this this is what Nebraska football is. Don't expect seven wins. Don't expect eight wins coming into 2022." And you know, I, I argued with people for months, and then sure enough, they got off to the start that they did. Scott Frost was fired. They 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 are in a very particular neighborhood right now. And that's that's why one of the things that I really like from Matt Rule at his press conference on Monday was like he said, look, uh, right now we want to get to a bowl game and that and like that that's kind of the, the immediate goal. And after that it's about, you know, reaching conference championships and maybe mm-hmm. contending for national championships. But that is not what I am going to talk about right now because it is not fair for us to talk about that. And so I thought he handled that expectations question that all new coaches get better than the previous hires Nebraska has had in the last two decades. Yeah, to be fair to your point, too, on the old guard coming back out, then if you get to nine or ten wins, then you're Bo Pelini again. You know, hey, he's winning a lot, but he's not winning the big game. We need him to win the big game. Josh Peterson is our guest. Uh, 1620 The Zone in Omaha. It's it's crazy to think how wrong everybody was on Scott Frost, and I know we had you on, I think, when the firing happened. Hell, even when the hiring happened, and it's like, this is a honeymoon. The guy's coming home, national championship player, he's going to turn the program around. Now that you've had because that firing happened in like week two or week three it was right out of the gate of the season now that you've had a couple of months like how do you reflect and how do people reflect on what the hell happened man like that was one that seemed like the biggest no-brainer of all time for what he did in central florida going back like if anybody knows how to win at home it's him we're dealing it with uh, with it with jonathan smith right now in corvallis like he comes back to oregon state he's the guy that knows how to win there and now they're winning again what the hell happened with scott frost well, I, I think it's a, it's a lot of things, um, you know, in the, in the years as they unfolded, and especially ever since he's gotten fired, what's going to happen is you're going to have people kind of, you know, start spilling a little bit more tea on, on what happened behind the scenes. And one of the things that has been a constant through line with everyone that I talk to and every reporter that I read here locally is terribly unorganized, mm-hmm. just not a very organized coach. And that went all the way back, guys, to – some of his immediate days and weeks on the job, not returning phone calls from recruits. And that disorganization, I mean, it, it ended up being the very end kind of downfall for him. I, I talked to somebody in the lead-up to the, to the Northwestern game, told me that he missed three meetings 
in Ireland. Three meetings in Ireland. How long were they in Ireland for? Like a week? Not even a week. And he missed coaches' meetings while he was there. And so I think that you just had this top-down culture that was not what any of us expected. And, and, and so I think I would begin there. I don't think that he was the leader that any of us thought. You know, yeah. I'm still, I guess, puzzled by how UCF was able to have the success that they did. But if, if I talk it out and I look back at past you know, champions across college football. It's not like I'm going to say Gene Chizik was some great head coach <laughs> and he won a national championship at Auburn. So I think that there can certainly be some lightning in the bottle that happened for him at UCF. But, yeah, I mean, it's really disappointing. And I think that around here there's a lot of fans that, that really are kind of feel burned by Scott Frost and that they, they were sold a bill of goods with him in particular and the promises that he made – he did not keep it. it. It goes beyond winning football. It really goes to, did it seem like he actually wanted to be at Nebraska mm. by the end? Was he daring Trev Alberts to fire him in a sense? Mm. I, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I know that there are fans who kind of feel at the end that this guy was just totally checked out mm. and he didn't want to be the head coach. And, and he was kind of happy to get fired when he was. And so he could collect that entire $15 million buyout instead of it being cut in half just a few weeks later. Well, I, I want to ask you a question about Matt Rule, but like you just kind of you just made me think, like, what was he doing in Ireland? Chasing tail? Like, what's Scott Frost doing to not go to Drinking meetings? a lot of Guinness, baby. Well, and then there were some photos that came out of, of players that they were at, you know, one of those Guinness factories in the days leading up. And, you know, I got the – I remember sharing and I got some pushback saying, hey, hey, come on, they're, they're over there. You know, who cares? And it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess so. But the game starts just a few days from now. Is you know, someone who trains for, you know, marathons, I know what alcohol can do to me in the lead-up. To a big race and I try to cut it out and so big game you know big moment for the program and, and the players were out there in public and all these photos surfaced I don't, I don't know why he missed the meetings though to go back to the yeah. original question about him it was really curious to hear that I know that Mickey Joseph when he got hired one of the things that I was heard from him was just being really surprised at what time Frost and other coaches would roll in to the stadium Mickey Joseph is a guy who would arrive at 6 a.m. Some of the other coaches wouldn't get there until 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I, sometimes it's been nice over the years to maybe roll into the office a little bit later. But, I mean, these are big-time, highly-paid college football coaches. That was one of the first things that Mickey Joseph, who was the interim head coach, and we'll see what happens with him in the coming days and weeks in his future at Nebraska. But he mentioned that at one of his early press conferences. We're rolling in early again, and we're changing how we operate. And that was in direct response to how Scott Frost and company had been operating. It sounds like Froster realized the greatest gig in sports is the fired coach gig. And That's he a said, good gig, if I man. get fired now, I'll get the full <laughs> buyout versus if I get fired after October, whatever, they're going to cut it in half. Uh, what do you think about the hire by rule? He gets the OC out of South Carolina. That's his first big move. I'd imagine, I mean, Nebraska's kind of flexing their financial muscles here with the Frost buyout um, and now with the Matt Rule contract. We got a quarterback coming. What What's next for Nebraska after this OC hire? Yeah, that's going to be the thing now, right, is, is what's going to happen with the portal. They've already sent out quite a few offers to uh, high school players. I think, I think the first step right now is going to be, personally, I think locking down Casey Thompson. Not a perfect quarterback by any means, mm -hmm. but the offense was much different with him on the field this year versus off the field. You know, it's funny, guys. There were reports coming out of the summer that he maybe was a disliked guy on the team. He wasn't fitting in well. And in hindsight, I wonder if that should have told us, yeah, it's because the team is soft. And this guy was coming in and being a very demanding quarterback. He already did an interview with a local paper here in Omaha yesterday saying that Matt Rule reminds him of himself being a grinder. And so I think if they could keep Casey Thompson and then go to the portal and try to bring in some skill talent. They certainly need to shore up the line. It could be a team that I think could certainly match the four wins and maybe a little bit more. I, I don't know if I'm ready to put an expectation on next year because we got to see the rest of the staff. we got to see what the roster looks like. But I think keeping him, I really think, is the most important thing for Matt Rule uh, to do right now. I, I give it a solid BB plus of a hire. I, I think that Nebraska could have done a lot worse. I think the floor has been raised a lot. I just mm -hmm. want to know what that ceiling is going to look like for Nebraska football in the coming years. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Always entertaining Nebraska football. At uh, Josh Tweederson on Twitter, go give him a follow. Josh Peterson, 1620 The Zone in Omaha. We always appreciate the time. Thanks for entertaining my Twitter feed, and uh, we'll catch up again soon, buddy. <laughs> 
Boys, looking forward to the next conversation. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> there you go, Josh Peterson. Twenty sixteen. They haven't made a bowl game since twenty. It's down. It's bad, buddy. They're it's the bad. only Power Five school to not make a bowl game. Yeah, I think Kansas had now. that stretch going into this year, but Kansas is going to a bowl game this year. Kansas is bowl eligible. I think I think they had the previous longest drought, uh, and then I just go back to a question a Beaver fan had yesterday, where it was like, "Hey, six and six and seven and five, okay now," and I'm like. <laughs> Or you could be Nebraska. Yeah, Kansas' last bowl game came in 2008. Jeez. So, but they are uh, six and. Didn't they go six and six this year, I think? I don't know what the record finished with. Hold on. Let me look it up before we're done here. Nice little start, though. They just kind of fell off. and They did, yeah, but it's still a good seven story. And, and they kept their coach. Uh, six and six this okay. year. So they, they are going to a bowl game. Uh, and so that's that ends their streak. And now, hey, Nebraska, come on down. There you we'll go. see how long it takes Matt Rule. Let's get into some of these hires. We didn't talk much about them yesterday. We got a new coach at Auburn. We got a new coach at Wisconsin. We got a new coach at Nebraska. We got a new coach at ASU. Dion says that he was indeed offered the job at Colorado. We'll dive into the coaching carousel next on The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, at the top of the hour, I want to ask this question. Do we care about this? Uh, we got the mail stack coming up at 815. Get your questions in, 503-250-1080, sports, non-sports. How much of that game did you watch last night? Uh, very little. Very little. I watched even less than that. <laughs> you said, we could talk about Jeff Saturday, and I go, the only thing I saw on Twitter was that he screwed the clock up, but I don't care because both of those teams are trash. I mean, it was a horrible yeah. game. It was a, a, a just bad football for most of it. It um, was on, but I think I was doing more Cyber Monday Christmas shopping on my computer <laughs> than anything else. Yeah, he decided to not. So if, for those that missed it at the end of the game, they were driving for a game-tying score. <laughs> They had three timeouts. All three timeouts left. He and burned they, 30 seconds, right? He, he, well, he burned like a minute and a half. Yeah. They, pick it up, they picked up a first down. They didn't call a timeout, let 45 seconds run off the clock. They had a series where there was a sack on second down. Yeah. And then um, Ryan had a big scramble, and they were all over the place. And didn't he didn't call a timeout. One then. And all of a sudden, there's like 30 seconds left, and they have all three timeouts still, and they're at like the 30-yard line, and they ended up not converting a fourth down. And he had two timeouts left in his pocket. So there, but there was a tweet that people were servicing to of Jeff Saturday. Saturday teasing on a Sunday night. Oh, tomorrow morning we're talking about clock management on Get Up. It's <laughs> like everybody found the tweet and said you didn't talk about it enough, evidently, because uh, you you don't get free drink coupons for keeping timeouts at the end of a football game. Funny to watch that episode and see what he was saying <laughs> yeah. in the TV. Show. This is inexcusable. You gotta call your timeout. You out. can't burn seconds. <laughs> that was uh, yeah. That was that was the only noteworthy thing out of that game. The Steelers are bad. The Colts are awful. It's Primetime just, games have been terrible. This really year. bad. And uh, there's a, there's a segment on that at some point when you look at the upcoming coming uh primetime schedule it, it's gonna be rough folks get your eyewash ready because there, there's not a lot of uh not a lot of good ones in sight let's still dive in quickly to some of the coaching hires so we're just talking about matt rule i i think that's a perfect hire for nebraska he's a guy that has turned pro like he's kind of a scumbag seems like a, a weird dude uh <laughs> but he's turned, a scumbag i just he, he he gives me that vibe okay. from his time in carolina like yeah. i just i don't know Maybe I'm reaching there, but he has he has won. I mean, if you can bring Baylor out of the ashes of Art Briles and rape and everything that mm. with the scandal, like that program was essentially left for dead, and he went in there and within three years turned him into an 11 win team that was like in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, if you can do that, you can turn around Nebraska. And I think Josh is right that I I think my opinion is correct for now. The second he gets Nebraska, or if he's able to get Nebraska to back to an eight or nine win team, then the expectations will go back and saying, "All right, let's go win a conference championship." The bar is not high. If you haven't been to a bowl game since 2016, winning six yeah. games next year is going to feel like that's a major victory for a them. hot spring in a mountain on a beautiful <laughs> winter's morning. Like that's what it's going to feel like for Nebraska Cornhusker fan. One person tweeted us, and I I kind of agree with this. I actually think he is a good college coach. He's just kind of more cut out for that. There's a lot of the guys NFL. that are that way. Chip Kelly, Steve Spurrier, Nick Saban. They have the funding 
clearly at Nebraska to where they're not going to be short of talent. I think they're going to get some kids in the portal. They're going to get some kids in recruiting, and the NIL thing is going to go well. Isn't he making $9 million a year in his contract? Isn't that what they're paying him? It starts at like 5-7, but it quickly escalates into the 8-9, 10, 11, 12. It gets to 12-7 at the end of this thing. I think the average is about $9 million per year. Yeah, I think the average is $9 million. But it starts out slow and builds. Like The bar is so low at Nebraska that it's not going to be hard to hurdle. But to the listener's point, I can't get Carolina out of my head, and I know it's different level, different circumstance, different everything. Yeah, That couldn't have gone worse. It was really bad. I actually was kind of excited they hired him. I remember that. The Panthers announced they hired him, and then he announced that he was getting Joe Brady out of LSU, and I thought, you got a 30-year-old wonder offensive kid. You're supposed to be a good offensive guy. You resurrected Baylor. I love this. Fell flat on your face. And you never felt good about it. And then he fired Joe Brady, and then the offense still stunk. And then he kept doing this retread of of quarterback after quarterback that just couldn't work out. And, yeah, there you go. Lo and behold, he gets fired. I can't get out of my head. But he just needs to win six games or more the first year, and he's a god in that city. So, <laughs> for that reason, I think it works. Does it work in the Nebraska's competing for Big Ten titles? Probably not. I don't know if I see that. It's going to take a Harbaugh to leave. Ohio State, despite I don't think it ever happening, hitting kind of the skids a little bit. You got to catch up to Penn State too. Sure, Michigan State. I mean, oh, they were down this year, but Mel Tucker's recruiting pretty well. The one positive is you are in the crappy side of the division. They're going to get rid of that at some point. I don't know when, oh, but I, the Big Ten is going to go. To, I don't know why they haven't done it yet. They're right. killing themselves this year. Imagine if Michigan and Ohio State had to play again in Indianapolis this weekend. Well, one program's had success and the other one hasn't. Who who should feel better today, uh, Wisconsin fan or? Or Cornhusker fan. This is this might surprise you. I would say Nebraska fan. Really? I don't know. Like, Luke Fickle did a great job getting Cincinnati to the college football playoff. That was a really cool story that, you know, the, the Cinderella, the David versus Goliath. That was really cool for college football. I don't know if I look at Luke Fickle and see him being the guy that takes Wisconsin to the next level. Paul Chris won a lot of games at Wisconsin. Got to a Big Ten. Got to Big Ten championship games. Game, he went yeah. to roll. He was just in a Rose Bowl against Oregon a couple yep. of years ago. Like they have played on the big stage. That's a program that was winning. It felt like between eight and ten games every year. Oh yeah, for sure. And so they fired him, saying we want to go to the next level. And I don't know if Luke Fickle is that guy. I think Luke Fickle is a really good football coach. But to get Wisconsin is a three star, four star. Let's develop them kind of program and if you want to take that next step ahead of Ohio State and Michigan on a consistent basis you got to be a dynamite recruiter and I think it's a hard to recruit to Wisconsin and b he's never been an elite recruiter he's a development guy so if you want to say he's a better version of Paul Chris yeah but what are the expectations of Wisconsin I think to get to the playoff I, I don't think you make that move you do not fire Paul Christ and overlook by the way your alum and your D coordinator whiz kid and, and Jim Leonard you don't bypass both of them for Luke Fickle if you don't have an expectation of playoff. So if I if I if I had to answer which coach is more likely to get their program to what the fan base wants right now, and I think for Nebraska for right now it's let's get back to respectability where we're going to bowl games, winning seven or eight games occasionally. Not like they need to get back to that. I think Matt Rule's got a much better shot at doing that than Luke Fickle does of turning Wisconsin into a true national power. Do you think any one of the new three hires is going to do it? I just I, I have a hard time seeing Hugh Freeze and Auburn getting past what has been established in the SEC. I, you know, I I think Luke Fickle's going to win a lot of games at Wisconsin, but I just like what are the real what are the expectations? You know, Ohio State. Right. Are you going to go to a playoff? I mean, maybe I'll be wrong on that. And then Matt Rule, I, I'm not putting them on that level, but I think he can get them to seven, eight, maybe nine wins in a year, flirt with ten, maybe get to ten. Who knows? But. Winning the Big Ten, that's just hard for me to see because if Ohio State does pivot from Ryan Day, which is pretty hilarious, they're just going to go get the next biggest possible name you could imagine. Like, nothing would shock me with who they could get at Ohio State. No. And so I just, I, I think it's all going to be tough. Colorado offering Dion was a smart move. I love that Dion acknowledged it and then didn't respond about whether he was going to take the job. <laughs> yeah, they offered. Yeah, they called. I have no interest. Not going to take it. They would be cool if he came to the Pac 12, though. Put Dion at Stanford. That would be cool, too. You put him anywhere in the car. I want Dion in the Pac-12. That'd Actually, be incredible television. I think Dion would fall so hard on his face at Stanford. <laughs> yeah, that's not an easy... Dion, he can't get into the school. Why not? Why not? Why? Come on. He plays football. <laughs> yes, Major in football, man. Isn't that all that matters around here? The other thing about Wisconsin, too, before we go, is that um, they have benefited greatly from the division system in the Big Ten. 
Oh, great. They have been yeah. in the weak side of that with Nebraska and Minnesota, Minnesota and Iowa yeah. and Indi- you know, Illinois, Northwestern. Northwestern. That division sucks. Who honestly sat in the room and structured their division structures that way in that conference? What kind of moron did that? On the other side, you have the four. right now the four best programs. In the, well, maybe Michigan State's not in there, but Michigan, Ohio State, Penn, Penn State, State are the three best three. teams in the Big Ten. They're all in the other division. Yep. And Michigan State had a good year last year. They're in that division as well. So when that goes away for the for Wisconsin in the Big Ten, now you got to beat Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State to get into the Big Ten championship. Cincinnati's going to the Big 12. I, I guess what I'm failing to see here is, are you better off? Success-wise, going to Wisconsin and staying at Cincinnati and going mm-hmm. to the Big Twelve—that's you know they've lost Oklahoma and Texas, but it's still a Power Five. You got a Kansas guaranteed State, bid in the college football playoff. Yeah, Texas hasn't gotten their s together completely. Kansas State's randomly really good. TCU's having the dream season. Yeah. Who's to say you can't do it at Cincinnati? Clearly, he thinks that's the case. And again, Wisconsin's paying him to go to the playoff, not do what Paul Christ was doing. <laughs> exactly. I have seen one random report, too, that said, keep an eye out for Urban Meyer at Cincinnati. He's a Cincinnati grad. His son is either on the team or the coaching staff or something. And Good, so, Get him off my television. <laughs> keep I an need eye a reason out. to hate Cincinnati. Keep an eye out for Urban Meyer at Cincinnati. we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. Uh, a couple of NFL notes that we have not dove into yet. It's a Tuesday NFL leftover day. Mail sack coming up at 815. Get your questions in 503-250-1080. I want to ask the question, though, to start the final hour. Do we care about this? Uh, And that's where we begin next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 